It is so good to have you. Appreciate David and the group that came and just stepped up. You know, I've, I've never been in a church to where they don't just step up. They always do. I mean, God just does that. It's, we're blessed. We are. He mentioned it. We are blessed to have uh, talented people all over the place. Last Sunday, we had to use a lot of those talented people. Uh, Ty was Ty was on vacation. He was camping somewhere, and I started texting him early in the morning saying, hey, I don't think this is going to work. I didn't need to be in here. I didn't need to be around everybody, and I just I just knew how it was. But, but God had spoke, and I, I knew the direction he wanted me to go in. And um, over in Galatians, go with me over to Galatians. I, this this text will this text will guide us. This text will will be what leads us throughout in and out of this year. Galatians chapter six, verse nine and ten. Let us not lose heart. And what I would love, I can imagine. I mean, I'd love to just be able to to. to Say, hey, you know what it is, and just quote it. Learn. Go ahead and learn it. In whatever version you're using, go ahead and learn Galatians 6, 9, and 10. Let us not lose heart in doing good. Let us not lose heart. Remember a couple of weeks ago, let us not lose heart. Let us not stop doing the right thing. Remember the right thing to him who knows the right thing to do and does not do it to him it is sin. Let us not stop doing the right thing. Guys, that is what governs us as people, is doing the right thing. Let us not lose heart in doing the right thing, doing good. For in due time you'll reap. And here's the, here's the deal. I, I don't know how to, how to describe that. I mean, some of you are like, have, we've heard this. I know, but, but guys, can you imagine what the reaping is going to be? Can you imagine what God is going to pour out on us? we got heaven. We got heaven. Let me go on and tell you, I didn't sleep any last night. Last night, I basically prayed all night long and wrestled all night long and struggled all night long. It was a, it was a wild night. It really was. And I appreciate you praying like you did because I, I do. I need that. Uh, but it was just talking. It was just trusting the Lord and, and discussing and talk. We talk all the time. But last night, I just couldn't sleep. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if he just wanted me awake and I sit there and... Around 5 o'clock, I think, well, you know what? I haven't drunk Meliella all week long till around 8 tonight. So it could have been Meliella. <laughs> could have been Meliella. I mean, I literally hadn't drank anything with that kind of caffeine all week long. I did really well. But, but it was good. I, I laid there, and I, I, I prayed, and I talked, and I, I quoted, and I, I discussed, and the Lord brought all these things to my mind, and all these ideas, and I just see sermons. I see everything's a sermon. I see lots of sermons. And I'm sitting there thinking, let us not grow weary in doing good. Don't stop. For in due time you'll reap if you don't grow weary, if you don't quit. This year, guys, we can't quit. In your walk, you cannot quit. Last year, remember, we talked about journey. I, I come in, I preached that first time, and they kind of, the guys in the back, they just caught on, hey, it's a journey. So it's now the journey from the heel. And, and we're on that journey. We're journeying in our walk, in our, in our life. And, and, and here's the thing. I don't, know, I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey. I'm being honest with you. Last night, I literally prayed all night long. I'm not telling you that because I'm super spiritual. I may have just been on a caffeine high. So I don't want you to, uh, for those of you that, that think I'm trying to be something I'm not, I'm not. I'm, it, it could have been caffeine. But I just prayed and I, I, I would 
cut the light off and I'd put the Bible down and, I, and I'd be like, I'd just wake back up and jump it back into it and I'm, I'm chasing little rabbits all through this book. Guys, we can't stop doing that. And I'm walking in here this morning and I don't know if you're doing anything like that. I don't, I don't know if you picked this book up uh once this week, remember we're reading through Scripture, we're reading through the Bible together, and I pray that you're reading God's Word. I pray that you are, are, are wrestling and, and, and following in the, in the early family, following in Abraham's and Isaac's journey, and Isaac getting a wife. And I mean, we're, we're seeing all of that, and we're able to do all of that. Look at me. Please be, please be there with us. Okay? Because here's the thing. And some of you probably ain't even picked the book up all week long. Some of you it's not. Some of you, this is just today. We're going to church. Today's church day. Well, today's the day we get to come and we get to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We get to come in His presence and we get to sing and we get to we get to open this book in our lap, guys. We get to see those words put up on the screen. Those are His words. Those are God-breathed words that God has put. And look, I don't know how your walk is. I, I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what your addictions are, what your temptations are. I don't know if you're chasing money. I don't know if you're chasing power. But, but you know what? Here's the thing. Go with me over. Go with me over to Genesis. We've read all this this week. Genesis. We've read all this this week. Genesis chapter 12. God calls a man. God calls Abraham. See, I'm telling you, I got all these things. I even told Wendy. I'm like, look, I'm going to tell Ty. And for those of you that are watching out there, if it hadn't been for Wendy, I'd be cutting the TV off right about now because I'm going. I want to get really real. And when you got it videoed, when you got it videoed and recorded, I can't just, I can't just tie all the loose ends up because it just goes out there into the broad yonder. Let it run, though. I hate the video. I do. I hate the video. Y'all come to church. I know you're sick. I can't, I can't stand the video. Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. God calls a man. Guys, and I don't think this man ever gets over what he's called to do. It's not easy, this Christian walk. When you honestly obey God and walk after Him and run after Him and knock and, and look and seek and hunger for Him, when you get serious in your walk, it's not easy. God called him away from everything. In Genesis 12, he called him away from his family. He called him away from his father, his land, his job. He called him away from everything. And it's interesting. Go back and read back through it. How regularly Abraham is walking and he has to lift up his eyes. I couldn't get beyond that. Go, look over at Genesis 22. Look at Genesis 22. Verse 4. This ain't the first time. Numerous times in the, in the Genesis story and account of Abraham. And on the third day, Abraham raised his eyes 
and saw the place from a distance. Listen, the Christian journey, the Christian walk is hard. It's not easy. We got it built up to be, and we got this thing figured out that it's supposed to be just, hey, I got my Jesus, and I got my my relationship with the Lord, and I got my salvation, and and it's just easy out there. No, it's not hungering and running after God. It's not easy. Because there is sacrifice all along the way. I I wrestled last night with trusting the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on none of your understanding. Let's put this whole thing together. Go with me in my caffeine-induced state last night and look. God called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and said, leave everything. Okay? These are the words. Now, the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to a land which I'll show you. Listen, I want you to leave everything that makes you you, and I just want you to go. I'll I'll handle all the details. I just want you to go. How many of us in this room would go? We all like Peter. We all sit in here on a Sunday morning and like Peter and say, I'll die for you, Jesus. You know, the rooster crows daily in many of our lives. When he said, hey, I just need you to obey me. I need you to, I need you to not grow weary in doing the right thing. I need you to do the right thing right here. I need you to do the right thing. To him who knows the right thing to do, I need you to do the right thing right now. And we sit in here on a Sunday morning and we're like, oh Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm, I'm never going to run from you. I'm going to listen to you. God said, I want you to leave. I want you to go from your family and from your house and from your relatives and from your father. I want you to give up everything that makes you you. One of the most amazing scriptures, and Abraham gives you several of these amazing scriptures, is found in verse 4. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him. You get on over. You gotta realize though, notice this, you gotta see this. I mean, I mean, I'm chasing dates down last night. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him and lot with him. Now Abram was 75 years old. He was in his rut. Okay, he was comfortable. He had his retirement set. Him and Sarah had a cush. House. They had the they had their house paid for, the, the college was paid for. Well, they didn't have a college because the kid didn't have kids, but their college was paid for. They were set. At 75 years old, God said, Get up and I want you to go. I want you to leave all that comfort and I want you to go. Keep reading. Go over to chapter 15. Chapter 15 is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, After these things, verse 1, After these things, the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I'm the shield of you. Your reward shall be very great. And remember, God has then told Abram, You're going to be the father of many nations. You're going to be this great 
man, I'm going to use you. Go out and look at the sky. Look at the stars of the sky. Look at the sand of the seashore. All of them will be your relatives. And, and this is weighing on Abram. And here, look, God really seals it. He says, and Abram said to God, Oh, Lord God, will you give me, will you give me since I am childless? And the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And, and Abram said, since you, have been, since you have given no offspring to me, one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but one who will come forth from your own body. He shall be your heir. And he took him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars if you're able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Then he believed in the Lord and he reckoned it to him as righteousness. Abraham has been told, Look, you're going to be the father of all these people. And Abraham is sitting here thinking, I don't have no kids, God. This don't make any sense what you're asking me to do. This doesn't make sense. Eleazar, that's got to be it. And he's trying to figure it out. And he, as you read on, you get into 16. Even Sarah starts trying to help him figure it all out. Sarah brings Hagar in. And, and here comes Ishmael. And God's like, that's not it. That's not the one you're going to have. And, and, and Abraham and this old man is sitting here thinking, wait a second, something's got to be going on here. And I kept going back to, I'd never, one of most, I, I love chapter 22 in Genesis, one of my most favorite passages in all of the Scripture. And it wasn't until last night in a caffeine-induced all-night stay-awake talking to God. Obedience is not easy. Obedience is hard. Obedience, we don't know the rest of the story. Obedience is, is look, have you, ever tried to, have you ever tried to put it all in place for God? Kind of like, like uh, Sarah did with Hagar there. Have you ever tried to, tried to make all the, the pieces fit in place? And it's got to be weighing on Abraham. Abraham is thinking. I mean, I mean, all the time he has to lift up his eyes. Look over. Look over in chapter 18. Look at chapter 18. Why is the Bible so specific in this? It may be nothing. It may be nothing. Look at verse eight, chapter 18, verse 1. Now the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. And when he lifted up his eyes and he looked. He saw the men coming. And these men look at him and say, look, you're going to have a kid. One year from now, I'm going to come back and you're, you're going to have a kid. And Abraham laughs and Sarah laughs. And they're like, why did you laugh? And Sarah's like, I didn't laugh. And they were like, yes, you laughed. Read the book. Read this book, church. I mean, God is doing stuff all through here. And, and I was thinking, he, the Christian life is hard. And he's, he, don't have, he don't have Isaac until he's like a hundred. And God calls him at... Anybody in here worry? 
Any worriers? A few honest people? I mean, I could... What, have you ever thought of... What if Abraham was just a chronic worrier? Where's his kids going to come from? I'm old. I can't have no youngins. Sarah, look, I love her to death, but she's old. I mean, I can just see Abraham's out just kicking rocks and like, he's just, what in the world's going on here, God? I mean, lifts up his eyes. Finally, he has his baby. Praise God. He has the kid. Isaac is born. Isaac is born, chapter 21. Notice this. Now, verse 5. Now, Abraham was 100 years old. Genesis 21, 5. Now, Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born. I got my boy. My boy, this is him. It's not Ishmael. I mean, he's honestly, when you turn on over and you read on down through here, from 75 to 100, I got my boy. And, and Abraham, for all these years, how's this going to work, God? I don't, I don't understand it. I'm going to be the father of a great nation, and you're going to bless those that bless me and curse those who curse me. And, and, and the, the stars, he, he's looking out at the stars. I see the stars, God, but I don't have a kid. And Sarah can't have no kids. But he finally gets his boy Isaac. He gets Isaac, y'all. And if you read on down through 2021, he makes Abimelech, he makes friends with Abimelech. He's at peace. Things are good. I got my boy, Ishmael. God's then told me that that he's going to handle, he's going to take care of Hagar and Ishmael. Ishmael's going to be a great nation too. God's going to bless my other boy. I wasn't for it, but God's going to bless that one too, and it's all going to be fine. I'm telling you, obedience is not easy. Obedience is hard. If you're living, if you're living a very comfortable, happy, easy, on a rat wheel, just going through the motion life, and and the devil ain't coming you, and trials aren't coming, and testings aren't coming, you may want to be asking yourself a question. How's my walk? And I'm not talking about self-induced. I'm not talking about if you're running 90 down the road because you're late and you get a speeding ticket. That's your fault. That's not God punishing you. You were a fool. But the Christian life is hard. Abraham's got his boy. Man. Obedience is not easy, church. There's more to this Christian walk than walking in this room and sitting down. There's more to the Christian walk than picking this book up every so often and just reading it and and maybe praying if somebody's sick or 
If you've got a test or have a need or hurt and my back hurts, I need to pray. Obedience costs something. Obedience is real. And it hurts sometimes. 22 is mind-boggling. 22, though, I would encourage you, don't just read it once. I'd read it over and over and over and over and say, Lord God, it's not this, Lord God, what are you doing to Abraham? It's, Lord, what are you showing me? Lord God, who do you want me to be? Lord God, how do you want me to live? Lord God, in light of this, there's no title this morning. You could almost, you could almost title the, from 75 years old up until 75, remember, uh, Abraham, he'd worked his job, I mean, he had his retirement, he was, he was into the happily ever after, he was in the coasting, overdrives, cruise control, just kind of living it out, and then God showed up and said, hey you, I need you to obey me. And from almost 75 to 100, you see this man who, sitting out by the trees of Mamre, sitting there pondering, where's this kid coming from? He finally gets his kid. You get to 22. Guys, I don't know how many of you have had a Genesis 22 life experience. And if you're not careful, here's what will happen. If this is your Christian life, and everything you else you do for the other six days a week is your real life, and this is just, I'm coming to church, then you're missing it. You're missing it. There's no separation. There's no separating of the two. Genesis 22 is real for all of us. And I don't think it's bad to say that. And I don't, I think it's healthy to learn from what's about to happen here. Genesis 22, remember he's got his boy. Got my boy. And it came to, came about after these things that God tested Abraham. You know, if you're not careful, you'll just say, hey, I'm just having bad luck. If you're not careful, you'll just say, wow, I'm in the wrong job. I got the wrong friends. It's his fault. It's her fault. It's their fault. They are doing this. He's doing this. It's that group over there. It's him under there. No, it could be God. It could be God trying to get your attention. It could be God saying, hey you, follow me. Hey you, I need singular focus. Hey you, I need you to serve me completely and fully. Hey you, I give my son's life on account to make you one of my sons or daughters. I didn't save you to live happily ever after. I saved you to walk in obedience to me. And it's going to cost you something. God didn't save you to get rich. God didn't save you because of your last name. God didn't save you because of any of that. He saved you for His glory. And God tested Abraham. And it was, it's, it's crazy. 
doesn't make sense. You're reading along and what in the world are you talking about? Guys, if you're not engaging in the Word, if you're just reading it to check it off or to click the icon to get your congratulations, you've completed your daily task, you're missing it. Go back and start over and start reading again, but slow down. And say, Lord, what do you want me to see? And God tested Abraham. In a, in a crazy way. And it came about after these things that God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, take now your son. You've never read, read this book before. If you've never read this story before. Kind of. Where's he going here? Take now your son. Your only son. Whom you love. And to clarify. I'm talking about Isaac. I'm talking about that promised one. I'm talking about that one that, you know how the, the, the stars and the, the sand on the seashore, I'm going to make a great name of you. I want you to take that one, the one you love, and, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I will tell you. That's Isaac. That's not fair. No fair, good, just, loving God that I've created in my imagination would ever do something like that. No, he wouldn't, but the God of the Bible will. The God of the Bible is not this creation that we've made, this big guy in the sky that, that, that we're going to be running up to and hugging all over like some big grandpa figure. No, he's a holy God. That none of us deserve to be in his presence. And God said, Look, I want you to take that son. For 25 years, I said, Abraham, I could just see him. He's like, What is going on? How is this going to work? And he finally got his boy. He finally got his son. He finally got Isaac. He, here he is. He finally got him. And God has done, gone or bowed and said, I want you to kill him. And I always say that Genesis 12, 4 is one of the most amazing verses of obedience. Not really. What is stuff? You can always build another ant bed. You can always leave town and start over down the street. You can always... Have a fresh start. 
But guys, obedience is obedience sometimes costs us something. Genesis 22 is verse 3. So Abraham arose early in the morning. He saddled his donkey. Think about, think about what he was thinking. Think about what must have been going through his mind the night before. Think about his conversation to Sarah as he went in and said, Honey, I heard from the Lord again. I can only imagine she rolled her eyes. What did he say this time? Where are we going? What are we going to be the great kings and queens of this time? Oh, no, it's different, honey. We're not going to get to pick out new colors this time. We're not going to get to go find a new house this time. This one has to do with Isaac. What do you mean, Isaac? I got to go kill him. You're not going to do that, are you? That's foolish. No, that's what God said to That's how simple it is. That's what obedience looks like. That's what God said to you. I need you to, I need you to go to Moriah, to one of the mountains that I'm going to show you, and I want you to offer Isaac there as a burnt offering to me. And Isaac. I can't imagine in our house they listen to everything. Can you imagine Isaac sitting there thinking, he's like, Mama's going to talk him out of it this time. No. Next morning, morning comes. He goes and he saddles his donkey. And took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and he, and he split wood. This is deliberate. This is intentional. Guys, I, obedience. I'm laying there last night and I'm thinking, holy cow. This guy has been totally out of control for the last 25 years. He's been in control of nothing. I mean, he, he has had control of absolutely nothing. And here he gets to a point to where he thinks, finally I've arrived. I've got my boy and I can rest and I can just live happily ever after. I can go on and get to my 175 years and I can go and be buried with my family. And Genesis 22 teaches us, church, that we are in control of nothing. Nothing is ours. It's all His. We're stewards. We're stewards of family. We're stewards of kids. We're stewards of relationships. We're stewards of things. We're stewards of stuff. We're in control of nothing. We have but one option, and that's obedience. 
He got up and he got those helpers and he went out and he split the wood. He took the men with him and Isaac his son and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. In verse 4, in the, on the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. Three days, about a 50 mile walk. I can just imagine he's sitting there, just got his head down again. Lord, I don't have a clue what's going on here. Lord, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't know what's happening. I'm just, I don't know what to do, but I, I'm here. I don't know what the outcome's going to be, but I'm here. I don't, I don't know what's going to be next, but I'm here. I'm, can you imagine? Can you honestly imagine? The only person God can, step after step. Abraham is watching every step. He's sitting there thinking, any minute now he's going to say, he's going to call me and he's going to say, stop, stop. But it don't work like that. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and saw the place from a distance. And Abraham said to the young man, Stay here with the donkey and I'll, I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and we'll return to you. God's going to have to do something. This just doesn't make sense. God's going to show up somehow. God's in control of this. I'm being obedient. God's going to take care of. I'm just going to trust. I'm just going to go. Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took, his, took in his hand the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. A funny verse is verse 7. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, The Bible says my father, but what I hear is, hey, daddy, we need to talk. <laughs> we need to talk. And he said, here I am, son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. Obedience cost us. Obedience cost us. So much. Obedience. It cost. But it's, it, and I hear myself saying that and I'm thinking as if it's a bad thing. No. I think in our world, in our culture, and in our system... We see it as costing us something, so we don't want to do it. We see it as obedience is, is having to give up something, having to surrender something, having to... You know what we're surrendering? We don't want to give up control, y'all. We don't want to give up control. None of us want to give up control. We're control freaks. Every single one of us, we're control freaks. We don't want to give up control. I'm in control of nothing. I'm in control of nothing. When I take control, when I step up, when I, when I trust in myself and not the Lord, I, I mess up, you mess up, we mess up. I'm in control of nothing. You know, I, um, I don't know why I tell you this story. 
2018 was hard. Wendy found out she had cancer. Wendy found out she had breast cancer in the beginning of 2018. By April, she had her first surgery, and there was five major surgeries over the next, like, nine months. I was in no control. I was in absolute, utter, surrendered, emptied. Y'all don't know the preacher, y'all don't know me pre-18. A lot of folks will say I'm a better preacher because I'm more organized and more structured and I can stay on a point a little better. I don't chase as many rabbits. I can get in and get out quicker. And the people that's all told me that are all control freaks because their stupid lunch is at 12 o'clock. I was in, I was in total no control. Major surgeries. Still dealing with the fallout from it daily. We got four beautiful kids. There were seven. Miscarriages. Three. Surgeries, crazy stuff, just crazy. I could sit up here and tell you, I could sit up here and I'm not, here's what I'm saying. Some of you are like, I don't want nobody to feel sorry for me. But what I want you to see is obedience. Obedience. We just obey Him. We just trust Him. We just wake up every single day of our life. And we put one step in front of the other. We say, Lord, I thank you for this day. And I want to serve you, Lord. And I want to obey you. And I want to live for you. And I want to be your hands and feet, God. And people come in and out of our lives and there are things that happen. There are situations that happen. There are events happen. There are Genesis 22 events that take place. There are times that God shows up and says, hey, and he may not say it. We blame everything in the book. We, we blame everything. We blame. We blame. Because that's what everybody else does. We Google it. We blame well, this happens because of this, and this is because of this, and this is because of this. And we forget that, no, beyond anything of this world, is I'm in a, I am my Father's Son, and He is molding and making and shaping me into His tool, into His instruments. And He is wanting to move the junk out of my life, and He is wanting to make and create and be able to present to His Son something beautiful. And He uses this life. Genesis 22 happens to all of us regularly. I just think we blame everything under the sun. We blame the car. We blame the doctor. We blame the neighbors. We blame the ex. We blame the boss. We blame this. We blame that. Could it be that God's just wanting us to see that, you know what, look, you ain't in control of nothing. You're at my mercy, and you're my son, and I just need you to trust me. And I need you to stop holding on to these things tightly. There's many of you in this very room 
that have lost over the last two or three or four days lots and lots of money. Your retirements have been cut almost in half. Your stocks, your crypto, your whatever you want to call it. God hasn't changed. Corona, these viruses, these Omicrons, these Deltacrons, name it Cron. These shots, these governments, these Democrats, these Republicans, this group or that group and all of this stuff. Don't get caught in the distraction. Lord, what do you want me to do today? Lord, what do you want me to do right now? Lord, where do you want me to go right now? What do you want me to say right now? Lord, how do you want me to live right now? Lord, I'm just, I'm just going to go, Lord. Car brakes? Okay, Lord, you got to help me fix it. And he does. Family gets sick. I know I'm a rambling mess. But you know I could have walked out here and said, you know what? You got to trust God completely. And you got to obey Him completely. Because you're in control of absolutely nothing. Except one thing. What you do. How you respond. How you act. How you live, how you walk. Wow. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? Be it. What are you struggling with? And and here's the thing. What is that one thing? Are you, have you fixed it yet? You may need to get help. You may need to reach out to somebody and say, Hey, I'm struggling. I need you to hold me accountable. I need you to look me in the eyes every single day and say, Have you did this again? You're not in control of nothing. God is God is making you into something. God's not crushing you. The devil's not God's not God's not doing things. He's He's molding and He's shaping you. And He's making you into something beautiful. How's your walk? I think of all these questions. How's your walk? How's your, how's your conversation with the Lord? Are you praying like you should? Are you reading the Bible like you should? Are you loving like you should? Are you serving like you should? Are you, are you, are you, giving, are you giving God what you give the boss? Are you giving God what you give your family? Are you giving God what you give a football team? Are you giving God what you give? I mean, there's so many questions. There's so much that... 
And God does these things to mold us and to make us into people He wants us to be. Genesis 22 happens to us on a regular basis. Hey, I need need you to do something for me. And how do we respond? I don't know what you heard this morning. I'm on no medicine. Some of you are thinking, he's just medicated. I ain't taking nothing. I'm just trying to be obedient. I look out over a church that has got some amazing people in it. Your commitment level is lacking. You're not as committed as you should be. Your focus isn't where it ought to be. Do better. I think about this all the time. I hold my kids to a, I hold my kids to a level. I get so mad at them. Man, I get so mad at them. You get mad at yours? Amen. I want to beat the fire out of them. It hurts. Hitting them hurts now. My wrist can't take it. Imagine what God thinks about us. You know how mad you get at them? Think about it. You know how mad you just ah, why'd you do that? But then you know what you do? You feed them. You go back upstairs and you tuck them in bed and you pray with them and you love on them. You wash their clothes. You put them in your car and you take them places and you drive them all over the place. And remember, you wanted to kill them just a few minutes earlier. God is so good, y'all. He is so good. He loves you. And he, and he wants so much out of us. He wants so much out of this body. First voice I ever heard. It's kind of ironic. First voice I ever heard from this place was his. There's, there's thousands of preachers looking for churches. But God puts... God doesn't make accidents. God don't mess up. He puts us where He wants us for a season. For a season. For a reason. We don't know how long. For such a time as this. Be obedient. Where do you want to see this church go? What do you want to see this church do? What direction you want you want to see? Next answer is, I think y'all need to do this, y'all need to do this, y'all need to do this, y'all need to do this. Exactly. It's not how it works. Got to own this thing. Got to own your walk. Got to own your relationship with the Lord. You got to own it. I love y'all. I love y'all. Great potential. Great. I see mamas and daddies. I see young mamas and daddies and bigger mamas and daddies with more bigger kids. I mean, God is doing something. I believe it with all my heart. 
I believe it with all my heart. But the Christian walk's not easy. When you step up, when you get serious, when you get committed, the devil's going to come. He's going to attack. He's going to try to trip you. He's going to try to come at you with everything he's got. Just keep walking. One step in front of the other. One step in front of the other. One step in front of the other. Let's pray. Let's pray. And we're going to be dismissed. I hope y'all didn't hear me today. I don't. I hope y'all heard something. Father God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that your spirit would bury maybe one nugget. God, I pray that nobody leaves this place here today the same. God, not because of the music, not because of the message, but because, God, they heard from you. And Lord, you spoke to their hearts. Lord, how in the world can we hear from you and not be changed? How can we be in your presence and not be touched and moved and made different? God in heaven, help us walk so close to you. God, I pray a hedge of protection over every mama, daddy, boy, girl, parent, grandparent, single, dating married, having kids, wanting kids. God, whatever they are, Lord, whatever their struggle is, whatever their Genesis 22 test is right now, God, I pray that you would let us see right now, Lord, that obedience costs something sometimes. It is hard. It's not just going to be easy. It does. Lord, the world, we don't have to follow what the world says. We don't have to listen to the world. We have to listen to you. God, help us, Lord. God, help us. God, pour your goodness, pour your grace, pour your mercy, pour your spirit out on every person here. God, do that, please. Please, God. We'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.